Um, it's Paul. Um, I just listened to the entire album, and you got to be fucking kidding me. Welcome to Flopography, where we revisit old pop albums that are known by many, not because of their critical or commercial success, but because of their lack thereof. These albums received the designation of flop. But did we give them a fair shake? Welcome to episode four of Flopography. Uh, Mike and Steve here. Uh, Mike and I have finally launched the podcast as of this recording. Uh, So we're a week in. Uh, We thank everybody for listening and watching us on YouTube. Um, We've gotten some fun and interesting feedback. (laughs) One of my my friends said he really liked uh, the fact that we're drinking during the episode and that he thought Mike has better, uh, uh, he's better at talking with his hands, which I apparently need to work on, Mike. But Mike, what have you been hearing? So I've heard that like it's well produced. Even um, uh, Bob says music co-host Drew Aducci. Um, the that was a compliment for me, Drew. Yeah, uh, publicly that yeah. you you said that about our show. Well, and yeah, and Drew. So Drew said he really loved it. It went great. Um, but we got a lot of feedback, and I think you know, Steve. I I think between you and me, like we're pretty impressed with the numbers so far on YouTube and um, the limited podcast platforms that it's on right now, there's so much more room to grow, but like, I'm pretty shocked by the views and we got so far. So it's pretty exciting. Morning, Marshall. Morning, Doc. Uh, So that brings us to episode four, uh, where today we'll be reviewing Eminem's relapse. Uh, So we'll have to watch our drinking, but I'm wearing my, representing my Detroit Pistons uh, today, because uh, Eminem's obviously from Detroit, uh, and I'm from the Detroit area. Well, that's actually why I'm here. I was going to put out some new music, and I wanted to play it for you and get your opinion. Do I really need to hear it? Let me guess. Another album about poor me. I'm so famous, it has ruined my rich little life, and I'm such a tortured artist. Let me make music about it in my tragic love life. Am I on to something here? Come on, man. It's not like that. You know it? what? Just hand the fucking thing over. I'm done talking to you. Mike, what's what's your perspective on Eminem as an artist? Well, it's very telling that I don't have an outfit to, to wear for this particular episode. He's not necessarily my cup of tea. Um, I maybe a couple songs. I think "Love the Way You Lie," which I mean, who doesn't love that song? It's uh, um, an award-winning track. But I, you know, I'm not a rap fan, and and definitely not an Eminem fan. I wouldn't say though. I'm a huge uh, rap fan, um, but Eminem has been one of my favorites growing up, um, you know, because he's from Detroit and he's always represented Detroit for better or for worse. I, you know, I probably think he's more famous than he actually is because growing up, I listened to 95.5 out of Detroit and they would literally play Eminem songs and you would think they'd be number one. And then you'd go to like Billboard and they wouldn't have charted or something because they were just so obsessed with Eminem and the fact that he was Detroit made. And so they would play his music all the time. So he was a big part of my life. Guess who? Guess who? Did you miss me? Jessica the L 
album was released May fifteenth, uh, two thousand nine. Um, so, Mike, what were you doing back in two thousand nine? I mean, you were a youngster. I think I was listening to Brooke Hogan heavily in two thousand nine because her her Redemption Day album came out. And Brooke I was, Hogan, wow! I'm obsessed with her. If you guys go on YouTube, look up my name, Mike Kuros, and Brooke Hogan. You will find a video of her and me in 2009, I think actually, but um, not much. I, I was working as a camp counselor, uh, you know, and, and doing school and all that good stuff. I'm quite a bit older than you. I was a junior in, uh, in college at Michigan State. Um, so I definitely remember Eminem's hits like Crack a Bottle from this album and We Made You. I was living at my fraternity in East Lansing, SIU, and I was commuting back and forth to Detroit. Uh, so we did hear a lot of, you know, music from, the station that that loves Eminem. So they played a lot of Crack a Bottle um, as I would go into work at Fox 2. The types of music that were uh, coming up at the time, you mentioned Brooke Hogan. I don't know if the general public was listening to Brooke. I hate to bring up Lady Gaga again, but that was when she came to the scene. So she had the second and third biggest songs of the year in Poker Face and Just Dance. Uh, rap skewed even more pop with acts like Flo Rida and Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. the top artists of the year. Yeah. Um, and Beyonce's big hit single ladies came out, which like will put you back into that moment of 2009. And it's hard to believe that was 11 years ago. We, we were just talking about how Eminem's now 47. The two albums that stand out from that year for me are Rated R by Rihanna. Um, and as well as Shakira's, um, God, what is it? She Wolf album. Um, so, so I think that year was almost a almost a turning point of pop music domination um because next year was like Katy perry um you know lady gaga was still kind of in there and that whole like tikesha tiktok era so it's an interesting time when eminem releases this album and the next record speaking of where eminem was in his career he started in 1996 so by 2009 he was uh 13 years into his career which is Really impressive for a rapper, and he's still going today. Uh, so his first three albums are ranked on Rolling Stone's top 500 greatest albums of all time. Um, and this was his seventh total album. So the Slim Shady LP, Marshall Mathers LP, Eminem Show, uh, Eight Mile Soundtrack, and then Encore, and then he had a Greatest Hits album. So for the album prior to uh, Relapse, Eminem uh, released Encore, which sold 710,000 uh, units in its first week. And I should note that was only three days of tracking. So it's pretty impressive numbers. Uh, it's four times platinum today. It had hits like Encore, like Toy Soldiers, Just Lose It, and Ask Like That. Um, so if, if you remember those, Club bangers. Yeah, no, those are those are huge songs. That's a, a big record. His kind of by the numbers for relapse sold uh, six hundred and eight thousand. Um, so it was his fifth straight number one, and the best uh, best release week since ACDC Black Ice sold seven hundred eighty four thousand. The come down wasn't that much, but you have to remember that Encore was only three days of tracking. So it was it was a bit down. Um, his album singles, he had three. So We Made You, Crack a Bottle, and Beautiful. Uh, we Made You hit number nine, 
Crack a Bottle hit number one, and Beautiful hit number 17. I'm just so fucking depressed, I just can't seem to get out this slump. If I could just get over this hump, but I need something to pull me out this dump. I took my bruises, took my lumps, fell down and I got right back up. But I need that spark to get psyched back up in order for me to pick the mic back up. I don't know how or why or when I ended up in this position I'm in. The album today is is two times platinum, which is considerably less than most of his previous albums. So Eminem actually has pretty decent scores on Metacritic. Uh, so the Marshall Mathers LP had a 78. Eminem show had 75 out of 100. Uh, and then Encore had 64. Relapse had a 59. So it was mixed reviews for that album. So as we get into the analysis of, of our reaction after re-listening uh, to Eminem's album Relapse, Mike, what was your initial reaction? Because I'm sure you didn't listen to the album for the, or this might have been your first time listening to the album. What was your reaction to it? And say, funny that you say re-listening. For me, it was the first experience I've ever had listening to an album. Um, and honestly, I probably couldn't name any single from that record prior to listening to it today. My reaction to the album at the onset is that I, it's, it's so, Slim Shady, which is, you know, this album marks his return, right, of Slim Shady in some capacity, is definitely off the wall, weird, a little bit um, avant-garde to be fancy with that. Um, and it's um, it's it's interesting return because he's had deep, nice tracks in all of his career, but then he gets like kind of like off the wall and is very like playful. Um, you know, when I listen to the album, like it's it's definitely kind of like, What's that word I'm looking for? Not cheesy. It's um, it's campy. It's very campy. Um, but in 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 hindsight, like in retrospect of all this, like I'm thinking it's that because he's trying to make light of perhaps a very serious situation in his life after what he's gone through in between these two eras, mind you, four year gap, which for artists that's pretty long, and so he's returning to form. But in between that, he had things like. Um, one of his, his best friends is a rapper. I'm sure you know his name. I don't. Um, passed away. Uh, you know, he'd gone through a quick uh, divorce with his remarrying his second wife. Um, and then just, you know, overall like having drug issues. So it's, it's an interesting combination that you could tell spilled into the record. My reaction, like if I had to describe it in one word, is is shock. And, and Eminem has always brought the shock factor. Um, and this time, I feel that he might have overdone it to a degree for the general public. Um, many see, you know, this is Eminem's darkest album and most horrific. Um, so, for example, when I talk about shock tactics, in My Mom, he talks about how his mom got him addicted to prescription pills. My mom loved Valium and lots of drugs. That's why I am like I am. Uh, in Insane, he talks about getting raped by his stepdad. My stepfather said that I sucked in the bed. So one night he snuck in and said, we're going out back. I want my dick sucked in the shed. Can we just play with Teddy Ruxpin instead? After I fuck you in the butt, get some head, bust a nut, get some rest. He incorporates wacky accents into his music, and he does that quite a bit in this album. 
Um, and it's funny, I want to read you a lyric from my favorite Eminem song, actually, which came uh, in recovery called Not Afraid. And he said, in fact, and this is actually this lyric made me want to re uh, review this in our show, because he says, in fact, let's be honest, that last relapse CD was A, perhaps I ran them accents into the ground, relax, I ain't going back to that now. Um, wow, he did that in his, his record following? His following record and his lead single. And to the fans, I'll never let you down again, I'm back. I promise to never go back on that promise. In fact, let's be honest, at last we laughed, CD was there. Perhaps I ran the accents into the ground. Relax, I'm going back to that now. What was, what was your low moment? And while I usually say the era, um, in this case, I'll say the album, because I know that you may not be as familiar with his, his era. Yeah. Well, so his, his song about, um, you know, the, the, the rape with his stepfather, I don't think that was factual. Do you know if it was, I don't, I thought I had read somewhere that it wasn't. I, all I, I don't know whether it was factual or not. I haven't seen confirmation. So if anybody out there listening has, we'd love for you to tweet at Flopography Podcast yeah. uh, on, on uh, all social media to let us know if you can confirm. But the the, uh, the the lyrics on that, to your point, I mean, it's a shock value. And like, you know, when I was listening to the record, mind you, I've always known Eminem to like use the F word, um, to use very graphic words that are offensive um, in 2020. Uh, but it's, I think the low points in this album are just his use of vulgarity to a whole different degree. Like it takes yeah. a whole nother scale. Like you can't compare with anything else. Um, and the the album itself, it's like it's campy. It's about his return to music after four years. Um, there's some like interludes, you know, with his, um, you know, probably ANR rep where he's talking about, oh God, it's another record that's you know your same formula type of thing. And to me, it's kind of like, it's kind of you know, I, it's meant it's, the topic in itself is very serious, but I feel like he took a half-ass approach to it. Um, and did you enjoy those skits? No. Uh, God, no, no. You I, enjoyed the spoken word in, in Justin Timberlake's album. I thought that you might be a fan of Yeah, but that was that was like done eloquently. These were like just like it can be, it's cheesy, it's um it's not good. And to be honest, like something like a relapse and you know, and coming back from all of the things they have gone through in life, I think, you know, I don't consider the album dark in my opinion. I think it should be done with a little bit more class and, and candor. And I think this was kind of taking a whole totally different approach to it, which just, I don't know, especially at that time in music, I don't know if I had a place for it. Mr. Mathers, Mr. Mathers, can you hear my voice? Okay, he's not responding. My low moment um, was listening back. I haven't listened to a full Eminem album and this was an album, 20 two tracks with refill it's 29 tracks i'm sorry mike i apologize for making you sit through almost 30 tracks of rap um, but you know i forgot how many of eminem's songs include references to pop culture and this one it is within almost every lyric uh and and you don't see that as much in rap today which is interesting but he talks about jacking off hannah montana uh he talks about hunting down Lindsay Lohan to like either kill or rape her. 
He talks about Jessica Simpson. He talks about like deceased Christopher Reeves. Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. You heard that reference. Yeah. So it's like, this this also sits on my like kind of what didn't age well is like him putting down women. Um, I don't see that like as something you could get away with today in the same way. Hello, Lindsay, you're looking a little thin, hun. How about to ride to rehab? Get in, cunt. But starting off on the wrong foot is what I didn't want. Girl, I'm just kidding. Let me start over again, hun. See what I meant was, we should have a little intervention. Come with me to Brighton. Let me relieve your tension, you little wincher. Murder wasn't my intention. If I wanted to kill you, it would have already been done. Slowly she gets in and I begin to lynch her with 66 inches of extension. What is your, like, you listen to that album now, because obviously back then you were still a crazy fan. Like, what was your favorite song from that record? Um, my favorite song was the Dr. Dre collab. So one more time for all the time except to Dre. Drop that beat and scratch that break. Now just blow a little bit of that smoke my way and let's go. My now smoking with the best. What was your favorite song on that album? Beautiful really stood out to me. Um, yeah, that's a great song- one too. It's probably one of the more poppy ones, right? It's not a lot. Yeah, that way it was a single. I think, like I said, it it um, it peaked at seventeen. It was released to radio. Yeah. Well, and so that one definitely made me stop in my tracks. It was a breath of fresh air from everything else. And that's when I realized, and you said this earlier, like it, one of his first records without a pop appeal to it. But you have to walk a thousand miles in my shoes just to see what it's like to be me. I'll be you. What aged the best to you uh, on this album and what aged the worst? Him spending the time and, and musical energy to go from him like, you know, allegedly saying that he was going to retire and all these rumors there, but to, to talk about the relapse, right. To talk about his struggle with sobriety. And I didn't know this, but like he's still sober to, to this day. And this album I think was, is part of a turning point in his life in itself. That's aged really well. It's kind of a beautiful story to see him change his narrative, to change his approach there. You feel like that aged aged well, everything else didn't age well or is there a specific no god yeah i mean again his usages of f words his um constantly degrading women on the record and um just again may i don't i don't know if it's the right approach to make light of it maybe it's kind of our uh creative genius but those things are just god i mean i'm actually really curious and i kept on thinking the entire time i listened to the one hour and 59 minute record like where does Eminem go from here? Like, I don't know if his last efforts were as successful and like, but he needs to like switch it up a bit. And this record is just an embodiment of what does not work in 2020. I seem to gravitate to the bottle of night, well then I salivate. Start off with the night, well like I think I'll just have a taste. Couple of sips of that, then I gradually graduate to a harder prescription drug called Valium, like yeah that's great. I go to just take one and I end up like having eight. I thought what aged the best, I mean, you know, working with Dr. Dre, uh, his the production of the album, I felt was was pretty solid. What didn't age well is like I I don't think like glamorizing the use of drugs is is something that's cool in 2020. Um, to your point, like 
the the f bombs the the degrading of women As a first-time listener, what do you think went wrong with this album? Uh, you know, it was a different time of music, and him, his approach in perhaps poking fun at the surface at his um, his relapse and his his tumultuous time that he was going through. And instead of taking it in a little bit more of a serious approach where he's had songs in the past that have really had taken on uh, really challenging topics, instead went it uh, directly and face forward instead of making fun of it. I think that's something to your point, commercially just doesn't work well for the general public. Yeah, and to that point, like if you think back to like his song Stan, for an example, who which was written about a fan who, wrote um, Eminem all of these letters and Eminem didn't respond. The fan ended up committing suicide and Eminem wrote a song about it and it became very popular. And I think that's actually attributed to why people call, uh, you know, fan group stands today. Uh, so that was like a super personal song, but it didn't like mock the the situation my rationale is really that like um i i think it's the length of it um it's 22 songs with refill it's 29 um with a with an album that long you're bound to get filler tracks um and for someone who is going through drug and alcohol addiction they're like it's so easy to lose your way um, and I think that that is my issue with the album is that I feel like it could have been so much tighter. Yeah. Um, and the skits, I, I don't have a problem with. Um, the shock, I kind of, you know, some of it I enjoy, but you have to take it at face value. But I think it's the, the lack of like um, having a clear road ahead is what, what really hinders the album. Well, one thing that also perhaps contributed to this album's um, lack of, you know, monumental success compared to his past records is the fact that he took a four year break. Um, I am definitely am not a big fan of artists taking more than two to three year gaps between eras because you lose that momentum. Um, you need to stay top of mind from a public relations perspective um, and be, you know, you wouldn't know anything about that. What's that? You wouldn't know anything about public relations. I, I, yeah, I actually don't know PR at all. Um, <laughs> but like, you have to continue to cultivate your fan base, give them art that you're known for. And I definitely think that contributes to uh, perhaps maybe the, the lack of, of failure and cohesiveness. And when you're an artist, you takes a four year break and you are gonna have so many, so many records and tracks to put on you know, that album. And he even said that himself, like he's like, I have so many records, which is why he was gonna make um, Relapse 2, which never came to fruition. So crack a bottle, let your body waddle. Don't act like a snobby model, you just hit the lotto. Uh-oh, uh-oh, bitches hopping in my Tahoe. Got one riding shotgun and no not 
My boss is kicking up dust. It's on to the break of dawn and we're starting this party from dust. Do you feel Eminem saved his career? I mean, especially from like a non-fan perspective, I'm interested to you think Eminem still relevant? And if so, how has he stayed relevant? I think he's still relevant. He has that cultural impact on society. He's a staple. And again, this is like one of the recurring themes about the men we speak about in this podcast is they have less of a, of a sexist society to confront. And so he can be in his late forties and guarantee you, he pairs up with Rihanna tomorrow for a brand new track, probably going to go skyrocket number one. Uh, simply because they have Rihanna star power, but he has that star power on his own. Um, I think Eminem's path forward as an artist, where he finds relevance, needs to be checked, definitely reviewed. You know, it's not going to be the campiness. It's not going to be throwing the the f bombs around and not that f bomb, the other f bomb. You know, he needs to find his voice. I think moving forward in his career, what saved his career is that he got better. That he stopped like the drugs and the alcohol yeah. um, and and focused on recovery. And that was the name of his next album. Yes, I must have just blacked out again. Not again. It's 3 a.m. in the morning. Put my key in the door. Body's laying all over the floor. And I don't remember how they got there, but I guess I must have killed them. Killed them. All right, so it's that time of the show where we share our favorite uh, fan tweets. Um, so this one is from a Book of Shady, so clearly a big fan. Um, 11 years ago, Eminem was releasing the album Relapse. I remember as if it were yesterday, the high, the, the high deck that singles uh, We Made You, Crack a Bottle, Beautiful, and 3AM with a pill emoji. We still want the second part of this project. So another false promise when we're looking at flop albums, Mike. So let's pull up tweet number two. So this tweet is from Darth Rocho, and it says, it's all about relapse for me. People sleep on it, but it has amazing flow, great beats, and fucking hilarious over-the-top lyrics. So his fan base clearly still supports relapse. I don't honestly understand how people can find it hilarious. Honestly, it's beyond me. Like, I could never, ever find his lyrics hilarious. It's so interesting. It must be a Detroit thing. I won't comment on that. <laughs> um, so the third and final tweet's from Killer Queen. And this is, can you imagine if relapse never happened 10 years ago, if he never did a comeback? Ser definitely, I couldn't imagine my life wouldn't be the same. I'm pretty sure this piece of art has marked many people's life. So that brings us to the 2020 review. Um, so what we think of this album today. Uh, Mike, I'll let you go first because... I'm waiting for it. I want to bury the lead. Just huge flop. Huge flop. I'm sorry, Eminem. I, I wanted to like it. I did go in with an open mind. I totally went with an open mind. I was mind. curious about that. So you did you did go in with an open mind. I did. I did. I wanted to give it a fair shake, right? But, ah, uh, geez, I got to tell you, it was, it was a struggle bus. And especially um, having a 29-album deluxe track, which I don't think any album that we have on deck is 29 tracks. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, it doesn't work, and I don't think it will work um, anytime soon.
I'm going to say that it was not a flop. Ugh. And, uh, you know, hear me out. I think, one, commercially, his sales numbers were there. Um, they were less than, well, a little bit more, I believe, than 100K down. Yes, the three to versus seven day discrepancy. But I also think that um, his drug use and lack of editing um, hurt him in the long run. Um, but I don't think it's a flop because um, of who the artist is in terms of Eminem. And that's actually like his shtick is to be shock, shocky, I guess, for lack of a better word. I don't even think that sh shocky is a word, but it's a glimpse into like an artist that we so rarely see. Um, and for that, I think that it wasn't a flop. I think that it was, it was almost like therapy for him and he needed to get this out to get better. And without that, we wouldn't have seen the Eminem um, that we've seen for the last like 11 years. I'm not afraid. Yeah. It's been a ride. I guess I had to go to that place to get to this one. Well, that concludes our show today. Um, as always, please hit us up on social media. Let us know what you think of Relapse. Let us know what you think of that we should review moving forward at Flopography Podcast um, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, and uh, we look forward to our next episode, which is Mike's pick. Uh, so, so he might be a little bit more energized by that, and I may be the one in the dark. But oh, make make us able to assess the album for truly what it's worth, right, Mike? And I will say there is two people that already guessed what the next episode would be because they know flops. Um, wow. Uh, so another reminder for everyone, make sure that you go to our Anchor profile. That's where you can find all our different platforms that we're available on. Um, it's anchor.fm slash flopography podcast. And you can also submit a voice memo where you can share your thoughts on an episode, um, want to give constructive feedback uh, and give words of affirmation. You can do that all here, submit one. And then if you're following us on YouTube, a like, comment, and subscribe. You heard that before in other videos, but those things matter. So like the video, comment on it, engage with us, but also click the little bell so that each time we post a new episode, you will get that update and it does us a really big help too. Steve, I would love to get 100 subscribers uh, by the end of the year. So I think we can get there. Wow. We appreciate all the love so far and can't wait to continue to bring you uh, the best of flops moving forward um, and get some justice along the way. So um, until next time, Mike, we'll see you guys soon. Bye y'all. There they go, back in stadiums, the shady spits his flow. Nuts they go, macadamia, they go so ballistic, whoa. He can make them look like bozos, he's wondering if he should spit this slow. Fuck no, go for broke, his cup just wanna throw, but oh no. He ain't had him a bust like this since the last time that he overdosed. They've been waiting patiently for Pinocchio to poke his nose. Back into the game and they know rap will never be the same as before. Bashing in the brains of these hoes and establishing a name as he...